Episode 10, Permission to be Me, a success story with Yana Little. Welcome to Live, Learn, Lead. Whether you are a new leader, aspiring to be one, or simply want to master leading your own life, this podcast is for you. Leadership starts from within, and we believe that the first step to leading in any walk of life is to lead yourself. Designed specifically to educate and motivate the leader within you, we have honest and inspiring stories of what success really looks like. Interviews with leadership experts from around the world, and personal insights from me, your host, Natalie Lockyer. Our mission is to make sure we all learn how to live our best lives and lead others so that they can do the same. Wow, I am so excited for our next guest. I first met Yana when I was young and straight out of university in my first placement in work. She taught me a lot and took me under her wing then, and she was a strong personality even back then. Now she has fully stepped into her authenticity. I have to say she is a remarkably strong character in a wonderful, wonderful, happy and inspiring way. I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. Yana's story is one of learning to let go, embracing who you are, and that setting you free. It was only when Yana gave up worrying about other people's judgment and did what felt good to her and let herself be expressed as she needed to be expressed that she finally launched a book that she had penned 15 years prior to it coming out, that she championed recycling and a sustainable living in her community, so much so that the BBC, ITV and multiple other outlets have been interested in her and made a story. Yana not only leads herself, but through living authentically, has inspired and led many others in her local community to not only improve their lives and reconnect to themselves, but also to improve the lives of everybody around them. This is a truly wonderful story and if you have any doubt about how to be authentic or to let that in when you're worried about what other people think, please get your notes out, get your pen and paper out and listen to what she has to say. This is impactful from the very first moment. You can't contain Yana and I'm just going to leave you to enjoy her. Okay. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. So I've got with me my very good friend, Yana. She had the displeasure of working with me, my first ever job. (laughs) And she got to know me very well. She trained me up. Um, And she's here to talk about how she's helped her community, how she's kind of gone living her dreams and inspire us a little bit. So hi, do you want to kind of say hi, introduce yourself, and then we'll go from there. Hi there. Uh, My name is Yana Little. Um, I'm a mother of two boys and actually three kids. One is a husband um, (laughs) and a rescue dog called Flopsy. Um, And um, I work full time, but on top of it, I do a whole load of other things. Okay, so um, just because you're doing work, you've got busy family doesn't mean that you can sacrifice yourself to it okay there's always that little bit of time for yourself and that was the critical thing is love yourself find yourself and do what you want to do in between the busy life that you've got wow so that's like big impactful stuff right off thank you so much so yeah I think that's a really big thing because you said to me you know like at one point you felt like you were just a mum and somebody who was working and that wasn't working for you and that's led you to doing these really great things for your community for you 
So, so kind of talk a bit about that discovery. Is that okay? Yeah, that's 100% fine. So we all got our sad story. Okay, we all got our struggle. And um, in the past, I felt that um, I'm different. Nobody's going to like me because I've got accent. I'm a foreigner. And I always try to find these kind of excuses. And I worked in um, an environment which I would call toxic, um, where people, I, I, I knew I didn't fit. It was a crowd. I didn't fit. And I desperately tried to fit in. So in order to do that, what I did was wrong. I changed myself, my behavior. I stopped loving myself and that was the problem. Try to be someone that I'm not. And on top of it, um, having young kids, you know, your brain takes over of trying to protect them, do everything for them. And then, you know, the busy life takes over. And then you realize that, who, who, who are you? Who am I actually? You know, and why am I trying to be someone that I'm not? And that is the one thing that was the turning point. Each of us are unique. Each of us are completely different. You cannot try to be someone else because you're never going to do it. Okay. <laughs> the main thing is being yourself is where you can excel. Being someone else, you can never achieve it because you're never going to be good enough. But you can always be the best at being yourself. So why are you trying to live someone else's life? And that was the crossover point where I I went into this kind of depression mode where you start thinking, oh, it's not fair. Life's not fair. And society's not fair. And, um, oh, it's not fair. I wasn't born right. You know, oh, it's not fair. Um, mm, oh, that blame goes like, yeah. yeah, so that blame goes like really external. It's like, oh, it's everybody else. It's, it's nothing yeah. I can control. And it's like you kind of get into that victim and nothing I can do. And then um, how, in regards to uh, how it started with the recycling, um, was, you know, it was government's fault. You know, why isn't government doing anything about it? And then actually I realised, well, actually, hang on, I'm walking the dog and there was a litter on the floor. It was amazing. I actually bent over, picked it up. I was doing something. And then I suddenly start thinking, it's the council's responsibility. Why should I be doing this? But then this other noise in my, you know, in the back of my head when, yeah, but if you don't do it, there's not enough people doing it, then it will lie there. And potentially you will pay for that anyway for it to be removed because you pay for your taxes and the dog probably going to harm her poor on it again. So you will pay it in vet fees. So I thought, hang on, actually, Number one, my back didn't break by picking that little can. Okay. Um, my um, emotional state, you know, didn't do anything to it by picking it up. And I actually realized it actually cheered me up. Wow. Like, essentially, you're like walking along and going, ah, oh, all these things are wrong with the world. And one of them is litter. And you're worried about it. your dog hurting a paw. And you're like, oh, why is the council not doing it? Why are people dropping it? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I didn't drop it. And you're like, why? Oh Why? Yeah. And then actually, you realize, <laughs> hang on, I can make a difference, even that tiny, tiny, tiny one. So what I did is I put that in a bin and I thought, okay, I promised myself to pick three things off the floor on my walk, okay? And three things escalated to me um, actually meeting with people over Facebook. It was a small group of um, similar kind of thought process. And then we realized, hang on, there's something called community. 
<laughs> so, you know, all of us were suddenly, it wasn't just me thinking the same and realized that going that little bit out of their way helped them to recognize that they might have been trying to fit stereotype they didn't fit and they were surrounded by people don't fit. Whereas we are in this Womble, you know, Wombles group, okay, the recycling plastic zero group. And some of us might look up on us. That name for anybody who is too old to remember the Wombles, that was like a show. When did that first come out? I remember it from my childhood. Um, and I can't, I'm not going to sing the song because I'm... Remember you, Womble. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the Wombles were like these woodland creatures that were wimbling, wombling, free. And they making good use of the things left behind. So they were, they were picking up things that people left behind, people littered, yeah. and, and making good use of them. So The Wombles were saying it way before Bob the Builder did, to reduce, reuse, recycle, you know, because probably your generation will be Bob, build, Bob the Builder generation, but, you know, Wombles were way before that. Um, and they are coming back. You know, BBC brought them back now. But going back to the, you know, motion of picking one thing out, meeting with people of the same thinking, is basically... You can't, cannot be a friend with the whole world, okay? Mm-hmm. You cannot please everyone in the whole world. You're probably only going to pe- please a day one or two people. The rest that you don't make please, why do you care? Because they're not going to be pleased with you anyway. So why are you trying to impress those that will not understand what you're trying to do? And uh, with the little picking, people stop me and go, oh, why are you doing it? And then you go, well, because it shouldn't be down there. Or it should be the council. No, it shouldn't be down there for the council to pick up and clean up. It should be your individual responsibility to manage your own rubbish. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, everything spawned from there, basically. I've met um, the same minded people. And that's when one of them said, Well, there's this thing called TerraCycle. Did you heard of it, Yana? And I thought, Oh, I didn't. And uh, basically, TerraCycle recycles the unrecyclable waste. And I started collecting, and um, my garage turned into this, um, yeah, um, high-efficient recycling facility. But the main thing is, since then, within picking up that one can, I've been going to, let's say, a year later, I've been on um, in newspapers, in BBC News, ITV News, um, chat show, radio talk shows. And all of these places. And it's it's shocking how things snowballed from there. Uh, last year, we removed um, well over two and a half tons of waste that would have gone to landfill. We've raised well over £3,000 for multiple charities because every waste that I collect mm. gets directly, I get value of points that get directly paid to the charities. Okay. So um, charities kind of gain the much valuable funds. And um, we've grown this little group into massive, and we even started our local sustainable living markets, which is another thing that I never, if somebody says, you'd be there in a paper standing opening sustainable living market with your colleagues, <laughs> I'd laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can actually imagine if I'd have said that to you 10 years ago, you'd like, you're off your rocker. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. It's fascinating. So, like, just to circle back really briefly, sorry to cut your flow off, but so, because what I'm hearing is like, it's 
it's not just about benefiting your local community and there not being litter. It's not just about connecting with like-minded people and feeling you're making a difference. It's made a really deep impact on you personally in you growing and feeling more confident in being yourself and you're raising money for like charities and then you're inspiring other people to to take that path and go where they want to go where they thought maybe or oh, what will people think of me if I'm picking up litter what will people think of me if I talk about sustainable living and it's become this massive thing and I just love how that one act has kind of yeah. spiraled off into inspiring so many people and touching so many lives yeah and that's the critical part where you know, to these sustainable living markets and schools and WI meetings, I go and talk about recycling. And the question I'm asked is, why are you doing it? What, what are you get, getting out of it? Are you paid? And you go, no. This, surprisingly, actually, you can do things that you don't get any value out of apart from self-achievement um, and um, self-pride. And the fact that, uh, yeah, all right, I started being called a bombo, you know, I, if I would pick any a famous character, you know, it would have been nicer to be, I don't know, um, something more super duper like superhero, you know, Spider-Man and Batman. <laughs> no, I'm a bombo. Not many people pick wombles as their alter ego. Yeah. <laughs> no, no uh, it just fell within it. Um, but the main thing is, is... Um, Going back to weepy, depressed little individual who cannot do anything at all because life is hard and life stopped her doing things, I realised it wasn't life, it wasn't the people around me, it wasn't even my lovely and loving dearest husband and children, it was me. I stopped myself because I try to be someone I am not. I am quirky, I am weird. If you don't like it, jog on. If you like it, Come and join us because you know what? I've got this whole group of nutters that are similar to me. <laughs> amazing. You know, and that's the thing. Being yourself, that is the only thing. Being true to yourself is the only thing that can help you achieve, I think, whatever you want. Just mm -hmm. don't lie to yourself. You know, you're not going to be perfect. Nothing's perfect. You know, it's quite funny how um, with perfection, you know, before the interview, I kept worrying so much, you know, that BBC News thing when they came in and I had to make sure I've got makeup plastered on my face because the whole world's going to see me, everything. And unfortunately, two weeks before, I had a surgery. So what's happened is I had a special sort of bodysuit underneath to hold the scars closed. And um, stupidly, I thought it all through. But now when you see me bending over, you actually see the bodysuit and straps underneath the top. <laughs> oh my god if you're gonna flush it on the bbc news you could have at least told me i wouldn't have wear the bodysuit but you know <laughs> yeah you but then, then you've got that like you're like oh, i'm worried what i look like i had surgery and i'm like bending over and i've got something to keep my wounds closed but i'm still yeah. doing this interview because it matters so much like <laughs> yeah i am doing it as bbc you know for the bbc you just drop everything um but it was kind of nice because um you know, yes, I, I had wounds, but you know what? I, I, I was on a high. <laughs> yeah, and well, was the hope that like that would then inspire a lot of more people to, to do this yeah. and to kind of like just get that change going? Any change, anything you're good at. I'm not good at cooking, but you know what? There could be someone who could be fantastic at it, but just not have the confidence to 
start their cake business, you know, thinking, oh, it's oh, it's too daft, it's too silly. Do you know what? If it makes you happy, just do it. Just give it a go. One main thing, what I want to say, and this is what I want to say to, you know, guys that you talk to, mm. if there's anything, imagine, I know it's a bit gross, you know, to say, but you're on your deathbed. If you would think, oh, I wish I could have given a go, why are you waiting? Because you're going to be regretting it the rest of your life and you only got one shot at it, okay? And that's where the book comes in. I, oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, it's not perfect. Oh, this is not perfect. It's written, oh, my language skills are not good. Ah, oh, whatever. It's not perfect. <laughs> So recycling inspired you to be yourself and then write this book. You've now written your first horror novel. It's now available. We're going to put a link um, in the Mm -hmm. the description in the notes below for people to go find it if they want. It's called Ninth Cross, right? Yeah, The Ninth Cross by J-Cast. So it's J-Cast, so it's like a different, it's a pen name. Yeah, is that your maiden name? Yeah, it's maiden name. Yeah, yeah. Okay, We'll put that in the links below. Now, I'm going to confess now, um, you know me, I'm an absolute scaredy cat, so I have <laughs> not read it. <laughs> I don't blame you. But so what inspired that? Like, where's that come from? Because you were writing for quite a while. Well, actually, I wrote it ages ago. And that was when, you know, when I was talking at the beginning about the dark times being in a toxic environment. Hmm. That was my escapism. Okay, all my hate I threw into this book. It's hard to say hate, but you know, being it horror, it's the fear that's bubbling within you. So it's that fear and, of not belonging, that fear of not fitting in, that discomfort of not understanding. Of like, it kind of sounds like that discomfort that felt yeah. like it was external, but was actually internal because you're not being authentic. Yeah, and that is why my main character in the book, Abigail. When you read it, she's an emotional nightmare, okay? (laughs) She's just a nut job. Yeah, she's just a nut job. You know, kind of wanting something that she can never have, okay? Mm. And um, it was at the time of of the toxic environment, and we were traveling from my home country, and we visited, I love history, so we visited this place, which is called actually the Nine Crosses. It's a village of Nine Crosses. And in the 1500th century, there was actually a wedding massacre that did happen. And there's a whole story related to that. So it's based on a true event. Sounds very Game of Thrones. Um, not sure. <laughs> um, it's not a happy ending. It's not Hollywood, darling. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, I'm bringing that back to now. Okay, so imagine the brides are dying in the United Kingdom. Okay, mm-hmm. and there is thing that connects them, and don't want to give away too much. But um, I, at the time I wrote it, I had a raw draft, and then I left it. So you kind of took this like angst, this feeling of toxicity, mm-hmm. this self hate, this just discomfort with life this fear of life you've put it in a text and then you've left it and so at the time were you thinking well this is just like a cathartic exercise to get my feelings out and I never intended to publish it or was it an intent to publish and and fear was holding you back at the time it was escapism being creative helps you deal with the problem initially it won't fix the problem you have to face the problem but it kind of 
makes you to escape to another world whilst you trying to just wake up every day, you know, just to keep going. Mm. And um, I w- was wishing I could. But the problem is confidence low meant that I thought it never going to happen. That's the one way to guarantee it won't happen is to not try. No. But you <laughs> see, back then I listened to people around me, you know, my English is not good enough. I'm not good enough. Um, you know, and I listened to those toxic people. And that was the main problem is I believe what they were saying was the truth. Whereas if I just gone, actually, they're wrong. They just don't get me. And so with this recycling thing, suddenly meeting with um, like-minded people. Finding a tribe, I guess. Yeah, finding what takes and then stay with these guys. Um, kind of got me the confidence to start pop over on the interviews, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, BBC with my double strap bra, excellent. And no, I'm not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> if not, nobody is. And the main encouragement from that, I got. Hang on, I've got this good story, and I knew what people said 15 years ago. I know what they say. It's ringing in my head. But then what if? So that's when I just gone, actually, if I lie there at the end of my life, I really will regret if I don't do anything with this. Mm. So I just went, well, I'll think about it. And then at work the next day, my friend was talking and we had a new lady coming in and she was saying, oh, my, I know this person and I'm so happy for her. And I would love to be like her because what she does, she's an editor. And I'm like, what is the third law? I'm thinking of finding editor, and she's just talking about editor. Yeah, but that was the it. Law of attraction, isn't it? Like if yeah. you start letting it in, and you'll notice the things that you need to do it. Like that could exactly. have happened years ago, and you just didn't notice they were an editor. Exactly, you didn't notice. You didn't pay any attention. So then I thought, oh, give it a go. You know, just mm, why not? <laughs> and then it spawned from there. So first thing. Um, when the editor had a look at it, she did say, yeah, just bear in mind, before you get my um, comments back, the best thing to describe editing is like, I am going to put you through a shredder at the moment. <laughs> and I'm going to rip you to pieces. <laughs> so I got the story back, but I just couldn't see my writing. <laughs> it was so red crossed over. And I cried. Oh, and she said, but it's not bad. It's only 16-page document to tell how wrong it is. It's giving you tips and bits and here. And so she was very kind. 16-page summary of what's not good wasn't as bad. There's <laughs> <laughs> like 16 pages of how to make this even better rather than 16 pages of this is awful. Yes, exactly. And um the thing is, it was awful. It was very raw, if I say, you know, because it was back then. And she just said, look, nobody's going to read this. They're all going to hate her, <laughs> the main character. <laughs> so I had to tone her down a little. Uh, <laughs> and then we just worked together, built the stories. We broke it apart. Mm. So just because you built it once doesn't mean you built it to the perfection. Nobody gets it right the first time round 
Mm. You know what? That book, and it's still not perfect now, it's been rewritten 35 times. Wow. For you doing 35 times. I, I love that. So I, you know, I think because we sometimes we look at a book and we say, oh, wow, you know, this person's just so talented and we don't realize the work that goes behind it. No, it's 35 times where by the about 30th time you go, if I have to rewrite this again, I am burning it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, environmental friendly. Although it helped again because um the editor kind of she was like a teacher, my teacher, what she was saying is, what you need to do, Yana, is as you're experiencing the things, write it down. That's nicely said. But if you write a horror and you wake up at two in the morning <laughs> thinking, ooh, wouldn't be fantastic if let's say some you wake up and somebody's standing by the you know, your feet by the bottom of the bed and he's looking at you. And then you go, who are you? And then the person just cocks his head gently like he's listening, you know. And I made myself really, really scared. So I wrote it. I wrote in what I felt. But then I'd gone downstairs to lounge, turned all the bleeding lights on and watched a comedy and fell asleep on a sofa because I couldn't bear because I didn't imagine that person following me everywhere. Um, I mean, I think it's incredible what our imagination can do with that because it's come from in you and, and yet you're scared of it and you can create this fear out of, out of what you know is nothing. You know you've created it and yet you can be that afraid as well. Well, and that's the thing, being afraid. Um, you know, a lot of people don't do things because they're being afraid. Come out of your shell. I know it's frightening, but face the fear. So facing it means you're learning from it. Mm -hmm. So another example of that is I was very afraid of bees, insects. Mm -hmm. So what I stupidly decided to do, I know I'm telling you to do these things, you know, but <laughs> it might sound a bit stupid. Um, I started beekeeping. Afraid of them. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> afraid of them and allergic to them. And Yana decided to get a colony. And they're lovely girls. I had nice honey. But then I realized, actually that my fear was irrational. My fear was what I thought, what my imagination told me. Actually, it wasn't that bad. And the same thing with the book. It wasn't that bad. Do you know what? If somebody don't like it, they don't have to read it. Oh, my God. I was so afraid of people judging me that I stopped from me doing what I want to do in the only life that I have. I only have one shot at this. So do you. So do everyone who you talk to. Just go and do it. Give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? No. Somebody's going to say no. Somebody can say, I don't like it. But there could be 150 billions of others who goes, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm loving your idea. You yeah, know? Just like maybe part of that is, is for you, you've done it and it's something you wanted to do. And then kind of like how it's received is almost irrelevant. It sounds to me like this journey is very much one, you know, in the book, it's grown with you and it's journeyed with you and you've learned a lot about facing fear. And I find it really interesting, like you said, with like your imagination is creating these fears where you're keeping yourself awake at night. And I think we do that so often with our other fears as well, not just, you know, a scary person standing at the bed, but we imagine all these awful things that might happen if we were to step outside our comfort zone. And yet... Yeah. Once you do it, nothing bad has happened. No, no. And that's the thing. Actually, coming out of your comfort zone 
that's the way you can grow. That's the way you can explore those things that you might think you wouldn't be good at. And I know it's hard to say, um, but if you can, just little by little, try to challenge yourself. Try to just go that little bit step sideways, you know, just that little bit. That one can of like, hey, why don't I make a little bit of a difference today? Yeah, yeah, just that one. And that's exactly it, that one little can. And look at it now, you know, and and where does it stop? I don't know. I still keep going. And I love that part about your story as well, because whenever we talk about it, it's, it's not about where it's going. It's where is it right now? And then you almost, you know, I think some people sometimes think, oh, I've got to know how successful it's going to be, how big it's going to be. Where will it right. stop? And it's and I love that part about you. It's like, well, I kind of did it and then it got a bit bigger and and then that was good. And then it kind of led to these other things. And that was good. And so you didn't have that plan from the beginning. When you first picked up that first can, you're like, oh, right. The plan for the next 10 years is. <laughs> the main thing is, um, and this is still hard for me, because I'm one of those live in a past, live in a future. Well, actually, sold the past, sold the future now. Do it what you got now. Do it with the best knowledge. Because, you know, you could plan till the cows come home. There's still going to be some mistakes that you're going to do in your plan. So why not just do it and learn it as you're doing it? Yeah. Because mistake is the only way you can learn and move forward. Because guess what? We humans, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. You know, stop judging yourself by others. Just do what you want to do. It's that simple. (laughs) Just do it. yeah oh it's such a good message and I you know people who don't know you I've seen such a change in you we didn't see each other for a few years because we were doing different things and then you come back on and you just seem so much happier so much more yourself and it's brilliant and you're so much more alive as well it's just it's because um, Natalie I'm no longer trying to fit and please those that actually in a million years I would never please yeah I'm just myself do you know what the most important thing is is not even please your parents, is to please yourself. That is the most important thing. If you're doing something that you're not happy with, why are you doing it? Because really, when we think of, um, let's just go a little bit back and think of Maslow hierarchy, where you look at the important need. Really, the only thing you need, if you look at a core, absolute core, is you need to breathe, okay, you need to eat, and you need to sleep. So if you get a job which makes you so upset that suddenly you have anxiety attacks, that means stops you breathing. Why are you in that job? Because do you know what? You can get money anywhere else, okay? If that job stops you sleeping, whoa, man, they're not paying you well enough to stop sleeping. And it doesn't matter. You know, the house doesn't define you. The size of your a bank account does not define you because you can't take it with you, okay? When they carry you out, it'll be in that wooden box and all that fits in is just you and what's in your head. Nothing else, Mm. okay? So it's like trying to achieve this, uh, you know, being it in with the Joneses, you know, in the street, trying to compete to have a bigger, better car. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah and I think it's like if that's something that you enjoy and it's bringing you joy and you're buying it because 
you know that's that's benefiting your life and it's not for well what will other people think it's something that like skiing or something like if that's something you love and you know it costs money then you're like okay then how do I get that and how do I get that in a way that's not going to compromise my values my needs and my my core ethics as well because I think you know I really hear you if the job's going against all of your values and not meeting your needs and it's only meeting a financial one financial needs can be met in multiple ways brief sleep and eat okay so those are the basic things if you have none of them you will die it's that simple this is maslow's hierarchy where you've got like your physiological needs are at the bottom and if those are at the core at the core yeah you got so the way i do it is you've got a core and those are the three things that cannot be changed even if you are married and then you realize that that relationship making you panic attack anxiety can't breathe can't sleep then you're in a wrong marriage you know because if you can't breathe eat and sleep you've got to make the change so what i did is imagine this little bubble and inside it is breathe eat and sleep those are your cores that cannot change and then imagine the bubble getting a little bit bigger and on the outside of that small bubble you got other things so where I'll tell you my hierarchy. I've put in there that it's my kids and my husband. Mm-hmm. And then when you expand it a little bit further, that is where I put my friends. And I even like boot sales. So I clarified what I like, car boot sales, book. And then the bubble expands again. And you have to be true to yourself when you start writing it down. And I'll give you a good example. So my son had his birthday. And at the time, I was friend with this girl who was high maintenance. And she completely, in you know, fussed around this birthday. She wasn't going to come bring her child. And I was so upset. But do you know what? My child actually loved his part. But I was upset because she wouldn't come. She was stroppy. And then I realized, hang on, in this bubble, she's way in the distance compared to my son my son's happy why do I care about her all the way there and actually she's out of my bubble because you know what she made it miserable and that was it what I realized is the more close you go to the core the more important those values and if something affects them that's completely outside of your core why Putting it into perspective, what really matters? I'm hearing in that is like that almost gives you permission to let go of the outside influence and go, you know what, I I don't need to hold on to that. I don't need to worry. I don't need to give energy to it. That's not important to me. And so you're directing that energy. You're directing what's affecting you. Yeah. And also directing the energy that I save up into the things that I want to do. Going back to the cake business, if somebody would like to start their cake business, but all their friends worry about is buying Gucci handbags, then clearly you need to find yourself a cake friend and then start doing it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say you need three things for any personal change, any big leadership change, like any drastic psychological change that you're making in your life that then has a physiological effect. I say you need courage because you've got to be brave to admit that you want to change. And when you're changing, you're going to have to face some stuff that you don't like. Like it's not all sunshine and rainbows and (laughs) positivity all the time. Um, So you need to be brave. 
I say you need to be curious because you need to go find out what do I like, what do I like doing? Um, so like you said, with the cake, like you, you didn't have this plan to become a Womble and yet you found yeah. through curiosity, it was like, well, where's this going to take me? Or, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll go talk to these people. Or what else can we do? You're finding this passion mm-hmm. and I love that. And then the third one is community. And if you're not surrounded by the people that want to do the things you want to do and achieve, it's, that's okay. That's great for them. If they love Gucci handbags that, and that's making them happy, mm-hmm. fantastic. But if it's not making you happy, then you don't have to like hate on them. You just have to find a cake friend. And I love that. Find a cake friend. If not a cake taster. <laughs> um, volunteer for that if anybody wants to start a cake business I will cake taste <laughs> yeah yeah I'm good at tasting it not doing it um, but that's that's exactly it is find find your niche and the main thing is I know you say you need to be brave actually you need to be yourself because within yourself you will find a brave mm. there it is there because if you be yourself, you won't have to push for being brave because you're just going to do what feels right for you. And the brave just comes with it. Because I am a chicken. Um, every time I go, oh, God, before talking, you know, to large crowds and things and even for the radio, oh, I was so nervous, my palms sweating. And every time I go for any interview or anything, people go, oh, wasn't that lovely? And I'm like, do you know how hard it is not to swear? Um, you know, I don't know if I'm slightly Taurus borderline, but it, it sometimes it does go in. And um, it's because of the nerves, you know, because everybody's nervous. Everybody's got something that they worry about. And you just, you know, you just accept you're not going to be perfect. Um, you will make mistakes. And uh, as long as you're just yourself, you're going to take in whatever comes and, and deal with it your way. Don't deal with it the way people tell you to deal with it because you know best what you are. Yeah, I love that. Amazing. So I'm just going to touch, like, to kind of draw to an end because there's so many pearls of wisdom in there. It's something I ask a lot of people um, when they come on. I I always think on it a lot. Like, I I posted recently about legacy and your legacy being... um, Firstly, how people remember you and your name. And then secondly, even after your name is gone, like the ripple effect you've had with like the behaviors, the thoughts and the emotions that you pass on in the world. And I think they last longer than possibly your name does always. So if you could get every person in the world to hear one thing, truly hear it and that be your legacy, I think I know what this is going to be, but what would that be? Be, be yourself because that's the only way you can start love yourself and you can actually be confident within yourself, within your own skin. Mm. Just be true to yourself. That's probably more. Just be true. Although I don't know, what, what did you thought I was going to say? <laughs> no, that was what I thought you were going to say, like be authentic to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. And and I love like you've kind of incorporated as we're talking, like embracing the mess with that because I think quite often we say be authentic, be true to yourself. And we think that's this perfect, positive, amazing person who's always living their best life. And it's like the darker side of positive psychology is like you've got to embrace the mess too and the the uh, darkness and the, all the squiggly, uncomfortable feelings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they will come with them. Um high and lows because you know it's like when I went to give a talk on recycling at the um, West Berkshire conference I thought I was going to have a lot more time and I didn't 
So, uh, you know, I walked out of there crying, thinking, oh, I've made a fool of myself. Um, But then the next day I had such a positive feedback. So I thought, actually, again, I've judged myself worse than anyone else would. And they didn't took it as nerves. They just said, you were so confident. And I'm like, didn't you hear my gut grumbling? (laughs) You know, it's like, you know. I'm surprised you haven't heard, you know, all that symphony that was happening within. Um, but they didn't. All they saw was a confident woman. I was like, <laughs> yeah, baby, that's me. Not. Um, but that's what it is. Natalie, you know more than better. You work with me. I tried to be a square peg fitting in a round hole. Mm-hmm. And it took me seven years to realize that. Seven years of self-torture. And I wish. I could just go on into the past and tell myself, what the hell are you doing here? You know, <laughs> just move on, Yana. <laughs> but I couldn't. <laughs> so, I yeah. You wouldn't be where you are now if if that hadn't have happened. Like, it's excruciating and maybe frustrating that it took seven years. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you've got a whole novel out of it. And that's the thing. From all the negative, even though it doesn't feel right, years down the line, a positive comes through, you know. So if you use the bad situation and to create something positive, then that was a positive thing to happen or it was meant to happen. So it's in, in that way, you just take the bad and try to learn from it. It's difficult to learn from it. You know, um, I needed help with medicine because I was going through serious, severe depression. Um, and then somehow decided, actually, I won't let them to beat me to nothing because mm-hmm. I am worth more, you know. And, and it's that try to be really true to yourself and think, if I'm at the end of my life, what would be the thing I regret? Go and do it. Just that one day, you know, do that dream. Yeah, as long as it doesn't harm or hurt anyone, obviously, then why not just? Write a poem, write a book, start a social group, you know, start sewing, start knitting, just painting. Thank you. That's been so good. There's so many nuggets of wisdom in there. So um, (laughs) if people want to find out more about the TetraCycle or about the book, where can they go? Okay, Mm TetraCycle.co.uk. And the book is, um, you can buy it through any, um, you know, bookseller. Um, The the most, most famous one at the moment, people talk about Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. Um, So it's also on Amazon. And um, I'm the only author with um, sort of J card, you know, which worked really well. Yeah, yeah, K A R S T. And what about your Wombling group? If people are in um, kind of yep. local area to you, or they want to start their own Womble group, um, where can they go for inspiration? Yeah, they could just join the group. It's quite a long name, okay. Um, but if they join our group, they can learn from it, okay, mm-hmm. and then uh, can create their own local one. So it's called Thatcham, and it's the sign end. Satcham and Newbury Plastic Free Recycling and Zero Waste UK. Great. And we'll pop a link to that as well, just in, p- in case people yeah. need to find it. So fantastic. Thank you so much for inspiring people. Um, I hope it goes well with your recycling and with your second book. I'm sure we'll see that coming out. I can't promise I'll read it because I will get scared. 
Um, I have some friends who love horror, so I will be getting it for them. <laughs> Good. And if anyone wants it signed, just let me know. Fantastic. I'm happy to write in the message. You know what? You could be signing your own book next time, and I'll write it in there for them. I because that's that, the main yeah. thing. You just try give it a go. Well, folks, I hope that has inspired you to go and be yourself to stop being afraid if lockdown hasn't convinced you of anything else you are beautiful no matter what state you come in we are opening and expressing our lives more and more in our humanity we are allowing our imperfect selves to show up in work and everywhere else and i cannot celebrate that enough yana has shown what living authentically can do not just for you for your happiness for your success but for those around you as well She will not stop inspiring people and I can't wait to see what is around the corner for her. But the wonderful part is, there isn't a plan. She's just doing what she enjoys and through that is bettering the world as well. Go well, lead well. And today, do something for you because you never know how that might inspire someone else to do the same.